Magic 94.9 with me now is Dr. Kulianos from My Pet Animal Hospital. And I appreciate you talking with me again today because I, I think even when we talked a couple months ago when this was really kicking in, the shelter in place and the, the pandemic, you know, people were really wondering um, how this was going to go and how long they'd be in their homes for. You and I had a, a whole discussion about our pets and how it's affecting the animals that we love and animals around us. Now, all of a sudden, having their human friends home all the time. So I think we even said back then when things start to reopen and things go back to another new normal that we would have another conversation. And I can't believe it's already here. So doctor, let me ask you, I mean, what can people do to make it easier on their pets as they start to, to, you know, leave the house more or transition back to work? What, What can we do to make it easier on them? The healthiest way to approach it is with any change in routine, uh, whether it's the kids going back to school or starting a new job that's got a kind of a different time shift, is to prepare in advance and, and set a routine, you know, before the event. For example, if something, someone is going, to back, going back to work next week, then setting the routine from today. So, you know, waking up at a certain time, establishing a new, when it comes to pets, establishing a new feeding routine if that's necessary or a new walking routine or play routine if that's necessary, starting it early so that when you actually do go back to work to whatever extent, whether it's full-time or part-time, the pets are already kind of ingrained and used to that social behavior pattern okay. as opposed to making it a kind of a cold turkey chain. Now, um, what about because uh, if we're prepping them like a week or two in advance, but yet we're still home a lot of that time, do we kind of go into another room? Do we just have them see us less? Well, always uh, it's a matter of, again, giving them things to keep themselves occupied. So hopefully by now, you know, there are new routines. We can kind of judge what they're used to, um, new toys, new activities. Uh, there are, uh, you know, types of treats like Kong toys uh, are made so that you can stuff food in them. And that, and that, even a dog that's food motivated, can keep their attention for longer, whether you're in the room or not. Oh, okay, so finding good. creative ways to keep the pet interested in something and someone other than yourself. Now, what does this do to animals in general? I mean, with us being home all the time and then us leaving, I always hear about separation anxiety. Is that a real thing that we should be watching for with our pets? It is. Um, I think right now under the current circumstances, we, we might uh, like in general, we might attribute maybe too much to the virus and the change of routine. If a dog or cat or bird, for that matter, has tendencies toward separation anxiety, then they're going to show it, whether it's related to this virus scenario that we're in or, or any scenario. So the current situation might be exposing uh, a behavior issue that's already there. Okay. And so... And so and that's why, in general, whether it's a shift in work routine, whether we're home more, home less, whether it's a virus or, or whatever, we always want to find ways to keep the animals interested and self-occupied, mm-hmm. um, keep routine fairly consistent, and we don't want to play into their anxieties too much. In a worst-case scenario, there's always medication to help alleviate some anxiety. But, you know, again, teaching them to be more self-reliant 
being there for them, and then in some cases, consultations with either professional, like a veterinarian or a behavior therapist, all those things work toward getting them back to a healthy routine. So now before we take those steps, what are things that people should look for if the pet is being maybe affected in a bad way? Are there are there kind of those warning signs where it's like, yeah, maybe we should take them in and have a vet check them out or, you know, we're at that point? The worst thing that we pay attention to or the worst thing that we notice destructive behavior okay. uh, whether that's tearing through a, a door if they're alone um, tearing up furniture in the house pillows chewing shoes those are all signs of severe separation anxiety that's kind of an extreme case in the more subtle case it can be weight loss from not eating uh, stomach upset even things like stress colitis mm-hmm. um, you know, people have inflammatory bowel disease and Crohn's disease that's directly related to stress. Well, dogs and cats get that same thing. So GI upset, not eating, losing weight, um, bald patches. Uh, cats are, are prone to overgroom themselves. Birds, feather picking. So those are more subtle changes that we see okay. that we can a lot of times almost overlook in the beginning until it gets, you know, too bad where it's really noticeable. Well, all of those are our trigger points to look for that there may be an anxiety issue going on. And it's funny you mentioned uh, chewing shoes because that kind of is even in Hollywood in some movies and, and TV shows and everything, you kind of always see a dog, oh, they, they ate my best shoe. They were chewing, they ruined this, but that is really a form of there's a problem there. Yeah, I mean, the funniest jokes are from, you know, reality. That's what makes them so relatable and funny. So we see that stereotypical behavior played out. But that's because, you know, it happens. So whether it's a couch or um, a carpet or um, a shoe, uh, these are all ways of getting out anxiety. So, again, really important and, and pretty common threads as far as behavior in, in a stressed animal. So now once, let's say we, we prep them for a week or two, and now somebody is going back to the office several times a week, or, you know, I'm not sure like how it would start, you know, I think everybody's different at their workplaces, or even as they venture out to the beach or to, you know, as things reopen, restaurants, things like that. When we are at home, so now we've been kind of on a different routine for a few weeks, but when we do come home, should we be treating the animal any differently? Like, should we shower? them with attention when we are around or is that a bad thing what we don't want to do is when we come home pay a lot of attention if the dog is jumping on us we'll use the dog for example because they're the most animated if if you come home and you walk in the door and the dog's going bonkers jumping on you (laughs) uh just going nuts what you want to do is avoid that behavior okay because then that feeds into the excitement and the the kind of over emotional state What you want to do is try to ignore it as much as you can and then pay attention and and give the affection when the the pet calms down. So you're reinforcing the calm behavior and not the the kind of obnoxious, jumping, overexcited behavior. So that's one thing. Okay. Um, the other thing, and that, and that one way to do that, I mean, it's hard to ignore a dog that's jumping on right. you, bouncing <laughs> on you constantly. So one way to work around that is to have a, a treat uh, like a Kong toy, for example, uh, or or, or a, a, a favorite toy that you can give the pet that will distract their attention and get them calm and focused on the toy and not you. Okay, perfect. So you're redirecting the behavior. And again, going to behavior, you know, behavior it can be rooted very deeply. And so sometimes no matter what we try, it just doesn't work. And that's where a behaviorist will come in or a veterinarian. They can give you professional tips. 
um, the behaviors. There are some that will come to the home. There are, are others that will, you know, train you in a group setting. But in this scenario with, with the virus and trying to avoid group setting, there are those behaviors that can come to the house specifically with your situation. Um, and these are things that could be done, you know, out on the front lawn, not necessarily in your home if you're still trying to be careful about Sure. You know, who comes and goes in, in the home environment. Now, you had mentioned earlier about walks and kind of getting them on a new routine in preparation for your routine changing. I was wondering about that because that has kind of been our thing over the past two to three months where it just seems like everybody's taking so many walks now. There's a lot of exercise, you know, just trying to get out of the house a little bit. And a lot of times the dog will come with them. So the dogs will probably be getting less walks and exercise. Are there things that we could do to compensate for that? It might be a little inconvenient, but changing the walk time. So going a little earlier, mm-hmm. uh, if you're fortunate enough to take a lunch break or if you have a half a day coming home later, for example, changing the walk time will help so they're still getting that outside attention. Uh, it's really hard to compensate a dog that's used to going for walks that's not going for walks as much. Yeah. So we, we do have to find some time to work in that exercise. And in some breeds, again, like border collies or labs that need a lot of exercise, if you don't distract their attention by getting them outside and having them run or go for a long walk, if they're in, indoors too much, they are going to get that energy out in ways that you don't want. Um, Dr. Koulianos, you're always so great at this. I mean, your answers are incredibly helpful to so many people, and you're so informative, and we really appreciate it. Before we wrap it up, I just wanted to ask you about your own practice and the things you're involved with, if you would like to give out some information, if people would like to contact you directly. Sure. We have uh, kind of evolved with the scenario uh, <laughs> from telemedicine that we spoke about the last time we were together. Yes. Um to now that people are kind of branching out a little bit and we're reopening in our practices, um, our, our one practice in the fountains here in Palm Harbor, we uh, have what's called a curbside protocol where our, our medical staff calls ahead and speaks to our clients, gets the information over the phone, and then they're able to bring, the clients are able to bring their pets to the door. Uh, our medical staff then takes them in. All the communication is done via phone. Uh, the pets are examined, and then the pets are returned back to the car, so the owners don't have to wait in any crowded lobby. Wow, nice. The animals are, are not exposed to other animals. It's kind of a very one-to-one procedure. Uh, it's very personal because everything is done by phone between our medical staff, the doctors, and the clients. And so this is all happening while the owners, sometimes they choose to wait in the car or go run an errand or go back home, uh, and then the appointment takes place. And so there's really very little exposure to a client that doesn't want to go and sit and wait in a waiting room. And that's been very successful. Uh, and even though it's a little disconnected, strangely enough, it's a little bit more personal because there's so much uh, phone contact and so much discussion. Uh, even sometimes over Skype. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that one-on-one time has increased, even if it's not face-to-face a lot of times. So. Yeah, yeah. So the, <laughs> the appointment time is very efficient, and we're able to still be respectful of everybody's kind of distance, respectful to the um, limitations that we're under with the virus. Um, in our practice in Eastlake at uh, My Pet Animal Hospital, we schedule appointments every 30 minutes. So clients are able to come into the office, but it, it again, it's one-on-one. When you have an appointment, you are not waiting in a waiting room with anyone else, any other animal. That's great. And our staff is very limited. So again, we're, we're able to accommodate everyone directly, but still be respectful of the uh, social distancing and uh, 
and the um, you know guidelines that we have in place. So you're affiliated with My Pet Animal Hospital, and um, is there a phone number or a website you'd like to give out in case people would like to contact you? Sure. My Pet Animal Hospital is 727-789-8272, and our uh, curbside practice, uh, which also does birds and exotics, the full-service hospital within hospital diagnostics, ultrasound, digital radiograph. That's located in the fountains, and the telephone number there is 727-784-0558. Dr. Koulianos, you are really awesome to talk to always, and uh, I know that we'll we'll do something maybe in another couple months and see see where we're at at that point. We really appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much.